Welcome to the Video Tourism Podcast. I'm Koji Benton Williams. The Video Tourism Podcast is dedicated to Africa's travel and tourism industry, where leaders in the private and public sectors get to talk to us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. In today's episode, the Senior Vice President of Operations Middle East and Africa, at minor hotels, Amil Godback tells me some of its hotels are back to pre-pandemic levels. Amil, who has been attending the 16th Meetings Africa in Johannesburg, South Africa, says minor hotels is committed to expanding its enviable footprint in Africa. Good afternoon. I'm coming to you from Santing, where the 16th Meetings Africa event is happening, and uh, after a you know, uh, uh, a year of postponement, we are back again, and it's, it's good to meet people uh, face-to-face. We've done virtual, we've done hybrid, and now it's good to close the deals here. And I've been joined by Amil Goldback. He's a Senior Vice President of Operations at Middle East and Africa at Minor Hotels. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, and what an absolute pleasure. It's, it's great to be back in Joburg. It's great to be having an exhibition and having everyone face-to-face once again. What's your impression so far, seeing see, see people? Well, listen, business is coming back, you know. You know, we've been blessed in a number of uh, destinations that we operate. We've seen business come back. We've seen the impact of COVID both pre, during, and now post. For us, to be honest, you know, could be more happy to see that the airlines are opening up and we can fly in to, to, to do business here. You know, I've, I've been traveling the last few weeks across a lot of our destinations in Sub-Sahara. I've just come back from Lesotho. I was in Namibia and I'm off to Botswana and a number of other locations that we're off to on this visit. The best news I could give you is that some of our hotels are hitting 2019 numbers now, which is absolutely incredible wow. in a Q1 that's, that's 2022. Good. That's good to hear. So for us, you know, it's just fantastic to be back in business, seeing the borders open, the teams are on the ground, you know, and, and I think that the pinned up demand is a true factor. You know, we have to remember COVID was not an economic crisis, it was a health crisis. We made it an economic crisis, but we also know that the markets are eager and ready to return. It's not the fact that people don't want to travel. People want to travel, they just want to get COVID over with. Um, and more importantly, I think, you know, limit some of the restrictions for people to travel. And that's what they want. Impressive what you're telling me right now in terms of now because uh, two weeks ago, ACO had also come out with a report to say that they are back to uh, they, are, they are booking for the summer is almost back to 2019 level. So they bring a lot, of, you know, confidence. But let's just begin from the point of mm-hmm. obviously minor hotels. Yeah. And you telling me that you've been visiting a lot of your properties mm-hmm. it tells me that minor hotels. I may not know it's all over on the continent. If mm-hmm. you can introduce minor hotels and what what is the the, the thing that is um, if you like uh, pushing or encouraging your your new focus on Africa you know Africa interesting enough minor we were one of the early investors in Africa in hospitality you know if you look at from international companies you know you mentioned Accor you mentioned obviously some of the big guys these they came in much later than we did. We saw the potential in Africa um, back in 2008, 9, 10, when you know, we looked at the lodges um, in East Africa, in Tanzania and, and Kenya, where we did a good investment with the Elevana collection. We came in with, uh, um, with our investment into the Sun portfolio, where we got the Royal Livingston in Zambia, where we have two hotels. Um, we have a number of hotels in key locations, such as Lesotho, where I just came back from yesterday. We have Namibia, we have Botswana, we have Invintok, um, the capital of Namibia. 
um, and we have a beautiful Mozambican portfolio as well. And we have in Mauritius and Seychelles as well, which are considered part of um, the African continent. So in whole, we have 29 operating assets between owned, JVs and managed. Um, so for us, Africa has always been an important component. You know, we're we are very heavily invested in, I would say, in experiential travel. That's okay. part of our DNA. And I think Africa. I mean, if you talk about experiences, if you talk about bringing back to nature and a lot of the components that we see in other parts of the world, Africa has it all. And, you know, the amount of wealth that sits in Africa, um, for me, is incredible. And the wealth is in all aspects, you know. And I think, um, you know, we've had a big emphasis on it for many years, but I think COVID was a catapult. You know, in COVID, we were able to bring all of this together. You know, I joined and, and merged two regions. So the Middle East and Africa is now one big region. And the reason of doing so is we saw a lot of cross-border business and a lot of opportunities for us to grow. Um, as we have done in COVID in Middle East, we saw down in, in in, in Africa, we've had a lot of good investments, but now we want to look at the organic growth factors. You know, we've covered a lot of the key locations. However, I, when I look at the connectivities, now South Africa is a big focus for me. We don't have yet footprint in South Africa. Um, you know, we have 29 strong hotels, but all of them are connected through South Africa. So South Africa is a connection point for me to go to Botswana, for me to go to Namibia, to go to Zambia, and a lot of these locations, you have to go through Johannesburg. So I'm looking at that as a very important location. Um, that we're now, and that's one of the reasons I'm spending a lot of time here, is looking at development opportunities for us to grow further into Africa. Another big important area in East Africa, in Nairobi, we have a lot into the largest Masai Mara and other parts, but we don't have Nairobi, which is a very important hub of East Africa. Um, same goes for Nigeria, where we have a lot of outbound travel from Nigeria into our hotels across the world, but we don't have a hotel yet operating in Nigeria. And we know the economy is very strong. We know that Abuja, Lagos and other areas are very important for us. Again, a very important component. And in West Africa, the same. We're looking at the Monument, Ghana, Accra and other parts as well. So we see a lot of potential in Africa. We've been you know, strongly focused in that aspect pre-COVID. But I think now, as, as you mentioned early on, the message and the communication need to be out um, that minor hotels is really pushing strong into the development. So if you look at what you've told me, this is an extensive one. Again, just to mention <laughs> that I was I, I also stayed in uh, Abani in Bintu mm -hmm. uh, with Ryan and Co. And I had a good experience. I mean, the sky bar, you know, Excellent. says for Excellent. itself. So I, I love had that. that experience. But I never knew that mm. Abani was part of the you know, you know, minor group. Mm. So in the tells you, obviously, we have to do a, a lot of communication mm. uh, you know, in that area. But how, in all the things that you've spelled out, mm. uh, how do you get African also I say owners or investors into the property. Are you? Is it uh, encouraging? Uh, you know, in terms of how African investors see how they can, if you like, uh, roll on what minor is uh, offering. Mm. I think there are a few components that became very important in COVID. I mean, first of all, a lot of owners start realizing a pure operating company doesn't understand the fact of there is have to have skin in the game. COVID happened, a lot of owners went into severe deficits, but the operators didn't feel the pinch because they were operating the asset, they're not managing the asset. We always wear the owner's hat before the operator has, so we understand that part. We've invested in our businesses. So when we go into an owner and say, invest in a hotel and we manage, I always tell them, you know, I'm in the business of making you money before making me money, not the other way around. And we understand that because we are owners before operators. Not a lot of hotel companies are. Second part, when COVID happened, the big catapult of, of COVID was a lot of the standalone hotels started to realize the traction is dropping. Why? Because the international consumers started reverting back to big brands because suddenly the safety aspect 
was very important. So we saw a lot of our, our, our standalone owners who pre-COVID must have done well, you know, suddenly couldn't build up to the international demand of safety, security. We launched programs with Diversity, with uh, Ecolab and all the big players where we created a commitment globally on health, safety, standards, touch points, all the elements that were important at that stage. We launched a number of wellness programs, sustainability programs. We have a lot of emphasis on that. And it helps when you have a big outreach. We have over 20 million in our loyalty program. And a standalone owner suddenly feels left behind because they cannot drive that promise because they don't have the brand the strength that attached to it, and obviously the loyalty program, etc. So we saw a lot of demand from that aspect where owners suddenly realized, well, I now I need to associate myself with a brand, step back and let them push the new post-COVID era out. Um, so that's another element for us that we see as a, as a big opportunity point is conversions. Hotels, owners that existing assets and realizing now they need to push that forward. The third component is when you look at greenfields, a lot of owners also have had, you know, a lot of locations which are, which they previously maybe not seen the opportunity of, of developing, let's say, be it a leisure, be it corporate, be it other parts. Now we're bringing them all together. The new era of COVID in the post-COVID norm is really a multi-generational, multi-destination, corporate dash leisure travel combined into one basket. It's a very interesting way of travel because you know we opened up in a number of locations prior to Africa, so we learned the new trends very early on. You know, Dubai opened in July 2020, so we learned the trends a year and a half ahead of here. We understood that some of the destinations that you operate, you now have to offer the opportunity of doing it all in one. And that, that's what becomes interesting. You need, you're sitting in a leisure property with corporate facilities and Wi-Fi and hybrid services. You're sitting in a corporate hotel offering destination services and wellness and, and, and destination type experiences. So all of it suddenly became mixed up with each other. And you have to be able to sort of package that whole experience into one. And Minor Hotels historically has been a resort destination driven company. When we acquired NH in 2018, late 2018, early 2019, we suddenly had the expertise and exposure in that side of the business, which is very heavily corporate, um, corporate uh, travel in sort of European key cities in South America. So that suddenly blended in with a very strong DNA of minor in sort of the experiential travel, and we created that whole journey attached with one. And I think that's where, for me, for Africa becomes critical, because we now have the two sides of the coin brought together, NH, together with the Anantara Avani experience, pulled into one basket, that's where I really want to push Africa. Okay, now, obviously we are in meetings in Africa, which means yes. minds, business Absolutely. events, etc. What's your plan, or what is it that you're doing more to grow that part of the business mm. in your portfolio? Because you said you, you have, you, I mean, you, you created things of uh, mm. experiential travel, mm. but does it tell, you know, tell us, or you know, should people expect that you would have more offerings for the business, uh, travel or if you like a business events community? Absolutely. I think this is a very important question because what is the business? What is groups and mice? Traditionally, you would associate it when you come to a hotel, you have a good ballroom facility, internet, AV, etc. and the ability to cater for them for a group and an event. Nowadays, that's not the case. You know, that's the basic. You know, what we now looked at, you know, I was telling them we were in Lesotho, you know, it was an incredible experience. First time I've been there. We have a lovely property on top of the mountain, you know, it's probably the best of the best there. You, it has all the traditional facilities for groups, mice, etc. But the one out of that, it looks and feels like a ski lodge with a resort look and feel. You know, what I like to push now, and which we're really emphasizing into the new era of mice business, is going to be, yes, you have all the basics of delivering the best AV, IT, etc. experience, but 
twist it over with adding the experiential travel into it. Because a lot of people now, when they come with their groups, they want to see what is the next step. So it's not just your meetings coming through, having the board meeting, but you also have the chance to experience the destination. Absolutely, and create that added flair. That's a blend. You know, for us, if you look at the Anantara brand, we're investing in wellness and sustainability. That's a big investment. You know, places like in Livingston, we have the Avani Livingston with fantastic conferencing facilities. There, next door in the Royal, we're now also looking at wellness. So people that come from meeting in the vest, they can do wellness activities, they can do a lot of sustainable activities, and obviously the big fall experiences, that ties in. Places like Lesotho, or in Namibia, for instance, where you were, you've seen how we have a beautiful new renovated rooftop meeting yeah. room that we've invested in. But also you can go in in the bush and have a beautiful, was it in the cry? The cry experience, the crawl, yeah. the crawl experience, or in the rooftop that you were looking out. So we're looking at, again, adding experiences, with, with, with the whole MICE component, so that A, it obviously gives an added value, B, it also can create an extended stay you experience. You don't get a bit of uh, you know, casting stone, box-to-box -box thing. Yeah. You, you always have the, you know, the pleasure of choosing after meetings, having the decent... Yes, like, you that, know, that, like that's that. a big component of the okay. post-COVID. Now, uh, finally, mm -hmm. uh, I know that COVID has changed our lives. Yes. For good or you mm -hmm. know, you know, for bad. Now, uh, we know that we, we are going to new new phase of being endemic. Yes. But we cannot lose sight of the fact that we may have adapted things as part of how to sustain mm. and realize that it will be an uh, uh, endemic no. you know, in the future. What are some of the things that you put in place as a property owner to be able to at least not guarantee uh, you know, in its entirety, but give some you know, confidence to travelers coming to your properties? Mm. You know, I think, What's interesting, when COVID did happen, everybody was panicking about yeah. what chemicals are you using, what are you doing, yeah. how, what touch points are you cleaning, etc. Funny enough, when we started going through the checklist of what is required, what chemicals, etc., all of those things you had in place pre-COVID. You're using the best products, which are all 99.9% germ-free. You're using all the same products. The difference was the visibility factor. People wanted to see the stuff in the lobby. They wanted to have the sanitizer everywhere. They wanted to have a lot of that part. I think that for me was not a priority that's changed pre or post-COVID. What's changed and what's really been a great catapult is technology. We have been able to adapt a lot of new technological advancements okay. that may have taken five years to do. We did it now in two years. You know, with all the mobile check-ins and online concierges and the butler service that's online, everything is on remote. So we have apps now for all of our brands. Those apps are fully interactive. You can do everything on the app without being face-to-face, -face, or you can choose the face-to-face -face model. So I think the technological advancements that are moving now with the post-COVID era have advanced tenfold versus where they were pre. And I think it's gonna help us really from a business perspective and to tailor a lot more of the experiences. And the consumers prefer that. That's not just COVID, it's gonna become the new norm in the new endemic world. And it's gonna also help with less touch points and it's always gonna help us with being a sort of a little bit more uh, cautious with the unless, amount of Unless you have uh, you know something to add to my next question, which I think yes. you pretty much answered it in, in, in the last question was you know uh, mm. Uh, you know, was the fact that if you look at what has happened, where we are going now, what would you say as an industry lead mm. is a silver lining of the pandemic? Mm. The industry lead? No, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, the fact that, of course, we had a pandemic, you know, mm. it disrupted yeah. the business. But what will be the good things that will pick out of this mm. pandemic? What would that be? Well, technology is absolutely one of them that's critical. But I think also that people have gone back to basics again. You know, people are starting to appreciate some of the basics what made 
the hospitality experience and experience to begin with. You know, people have gone too fast-paced, you know. And what I love now is when I get my guests coming to our properties now, they're really enjoying every sense of that property a lot more than, than they were pre-COVID. They were much more fast-paced. So I think people have become more appreciative of life. They've become more cautious of life. They've understood the power of wellness. For us, wellness pre-COVID was a fantastic thing, but it was a gimmick. A lot of people didn't understand it. Now people understand when you have wellness programs in your hotels, when you're tying in wellness, culinary journeys. You know, we have a lot of programs for guests for better well-being. But pre-COVID, a lot of that was a tick box in a menu. Now, people are asking us for it. So we see that as definitely becoming a, a pillar in all of our hotels, that we will have wellness components, culinary experience spa, and technological advancements are gonna be going off the roof over the next uh, five to 10 years, absolutely. Hello, thank you for your time. My pleasure.